We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I had a question from Neil Wachter. Excuse me if I pronounced it wrong, Neil. My apologies. Defensive aggressiveness has been the difference against Navy in the past. Play in their backfield, they die. Read and react, they score. How can Navy adjust to a hyper-aggressive defense? Well, there's different things you'll try to do as a triple option offense to, to try to create a seam. So if a team's really aggressive, Ryan, what you'll do is try to create more cross blocks to try to say, hey, if we get this right, so you may down block. So instead of just running the veer, what you may do is say, hey, they're they're really attacking through the B gap with their linebackers hard, man, and they're just coming at us. So I may do like a, a down block so my tackle comes off, and you're just trying to wash that hard stuff down and then right. get like a kick out from like your guards. You may down block, down block, kick in hopes of creating a crease. Now they may tackle it for a two-yard loss this play, and they'll stop it for a no-yard gain the next play. And the third play, we only get two. But that fourth time, when we hit it right, because of how aggressive you are, we crease that sucker and hits a 50-yard gain. And you're willing to live with that, knowing that you're going to have to run some of that stuff. So but the other thing you can do is just uh, you, you can call veer plays that are designed um, keeps, essentially, where you're not handing off to the fullback. Because what you're going to do is you're going to use your perimeter to create some some down blocks and then maybe pull someone outside or just do your normal option. But you may seal the edge, so I'm not actually reading. You're going to block the guy that would normally be your dive key because you're trying to get it outside because your thinking is, is if we can get past that initial surge and then pitch that ball off the edge, we got a chance to go somewhere and and do something. So you, you'll look for opportunities to create the gash plays, knowing that they're just going to kind of kick your butt more often than not. But if, to your point, Ryan, earlier, if, if, if we can hit a couple of those plays and soften them up, that's going to help us get going. Or, hey, look, if it, you know if they're going to just keep crashing us like that really aggressive, we've only got to hit two pass plays and we can get 100 yards. I mean, over the top. You know, yep. it takes one guy to make a mistake. That's the thing about the triple is, and the way that they run it is, it just it, – one guy makes a mistake against the option and it's a big play. Yep. It is the it no no offense requires you to be as assignment correct snap after snap after snap as this offense in my opinion, which is why a team like Navy 
that is incredibly inferior to most of college football from a talent standpoint wins games. Yeah. It's because of the, the demands of that system, in my opinion. It's so. it, this is one of those situations where it's how anybody defeats the blitz, in my opinion, Neil. And I know you're talking about hyper aggressive. It's not necessarily just saying blitzing, but you beat the blitz by throwing into the blitz. But like you, like you attack where it, the defender is no longer located. I mean, Kurt Warner was one of the best quarterbacks I ever saw of defeating blitzes because he could decipher where the blitz is coming from and he would just throw behind it. Right. And that's the same thing, whether we're talking about a play action pass, creating a chunk play or work into the pitch man where you have a numbers numbers a numbers advantage maybe into the boundary let's say or something like that right it's finding the weakness and attacking it in different ways like that's that's it's basic stuff. i know it's 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 a lot more basic of analysis as it actually is in actuality but like that's really all it come down to is find where the numbers are still in your advantage and throw to it or run to it i that's where that that's the name of the game at the end of the day We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got Scott Ellis says, sorry if I already discussed, but how much or a chance Actually, will... sorry, I meant to... He, he started that one and then got I wanted to pull up the next one. Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry if discussed already, what kind of role will Junior Tuilamaka, I think he's a Viper, play this season? Has he earned in practice some significant game minutes? Can he be an impact player there? Impact player in flashes, yes. I mean, isn't that what you kind of want a backup guy to be, Ryan, is at yeah. is in spots to be an impact guy? I mean, if he was a imp- true impact guy, he'd be starting. But he'll have his moments this year where, where I think he's going to do that. I, I think he's certainly – earned the opportunity to play he's going to be a yeah. he, he was doing that last year i mean i've heard people say well you know we're going to get a chance to see what he can what he can do as a viper this year i'm like well we kind of already saw that he was he was playing more viper year. at the end of last year than he was linebacker i know they moved him to mike in the fo- in the fourth quarter against bc but that was in garbage time when he wasn't playing in garbage time it was as a basically a viper Essentially, wasn't he playing in Vi- He was playing a Viper against Navy, wasn't he? If I remember correctly, like I he believe was so. Playing. I mean, you and I, I saw him do it so, against yeah. Syracuse. We we watched yeah. him play that position against Syracuse. So yeah, he'll play. I, he'll play there. I think Josh Burnham's going to play there. Josh is going to has been kind of training on both sides, field and Viper. But yeah, he'll play. Can he be an impact guy? We'll we'll see. I think he's got a chance to be – look, I loved him as a Mike linebacker, Ryan. Loved him as yeah. a Mike linebacker. And every time we saw him play last year, he impressed. For whatever reason, they decided to go a different direction. Yeah. I don't know how good of a Viper he's going to be. 
I, I don't have that same level of confidence that I know that like I thought he could have been as a Mike, but he's a strong kid. He's a good athlete for his size. He's a smart football player. And those things, and he's got a great motor. Those things alone are going to allow him to make plays at times. The question yeah. is going to be for him and Burnham is like, okay, can they be that consistently? That's going to yeah. be the question for them this year. But yeah, Junior's yeah. going to have a chance to still be a good football player. He's just too good of a football player for me to say, nah, just because he's not at the position I like the best, he can't help you. I think that would very much be selling him short. Scott, I'm not, that's not what you're saying. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know what he's going to be, but I, I, I anticipate Junior being a, a dude for Notre Dame at some point in time. It, it, it may not be a dude from a, a high volume standpoint, but just like, man, like, you know, Burnham will have like the really flashy plays. And you look down like Junior, I don't remember Junior playing. He's got seven tackles and two tackles for loss. And you know what I mean? Like he'll be that kind of guy as a Viper for me. Where Josh was like, did you see that one play where Burnham just exploded past the tackle for a sack? Like you'll remember those. Yeah. Junior will be, just have that real gritty, strong performance. Where you're like, man, that guy. I got balled well, Bur- out today, Burnham, man. Burnham had a flash play against what was it, Boston College or whatever, where he yeah. had like the tackle for loss on that one from like, the yeah, backside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys. Yep. Archer 452, which true freshman will play the most snap this year? Jaden Greathouse will be my pick. Yeah, be my guess. Wide receiver. It, it'll be him, uh, barring injury. Obviously, if there's an injury outside, then I think Rico will then yeah, play a bunch. Could be him. Yeah. Uh you know, as of right, Christian Gray maybe on defense has the best shot. I mean, look, anytime there's an injury, that guy's going to play. Like, if one of the linebackers goes down, then either Jaden Osbury or Drake Bowen is going to play a bunch more. Right. But just where things stand right now, the only guy that I know for a fact is going to be rotating in a lot as a freshman right away is Jaden Greathouse. That's the only guy for a fact that we know is going to play a bunch at this point in time. I could see Cooper Flanagan playing a bunch, and we don't even recognize it because he's the number three tight end and 13 personnel. I mean, you know, we could see something like that. Yep. But Jaden Greathouse, yeah, Jaden Greathouse is that guy right now. Yep. Archer again with a back-to-back says, "Which new starter, Hartman not included, will have the biggest impact best season?" New starter. Well, I'm I'm hoping that it's it's Tobias Merriweather, and and not so much from a a personal oh I like Tobias standpoint, but if that posi- if that X position or it's actually the Z now, if that Z position, Ryan is an impact position in this offense, that field outside receiver, it is really hard to stop this Notre Dame offense because of the way that you have to play it, the way that you have to play that far outside guy. If he's a difference maker, and if you want example exhibits of it, go watch against 2015 when teams had the way they had to defend Will Fuller. Now, he's not Will Fuller. I'm trying to make a point of that's really the only time we've seen at Notre Dame that a field outside guy was a difference maker. And it just opened up so many opportunities for you, you know, whether the running backs coming out of the backfield on wheel routes, whether it's the running game having more room to work, whether it's one-on-ones in the slot and the backside all game because you have to worry about that other guy. If if Tobias has a big impact, if you take Hartman away, he and I've made this case before, him breaking out has a bigger impact on more parts of the offense than anybody else breaking out, in my opinion. And that's why I'd, I'd go with Tobias. Tobias is a good one. I also thought about Jordan Patelho because I think that he could be yeah. your best sack guy potentially. I know he started one game last year, but like, but that's that I don't count that. Yeah. yeah, right. He would be one. Game. Yeah, he would. Xavier Watts would be one. I mean, he along the same lines. I mean, there's not yeah. a whole lot. Here's the thing, right? There's not a whole lot of new starters on defense. There's not. There's not. I mean, you don't it's have a, a new starter. 
pretty yeah. senior laden team overall, man. And, and even, even Xavier Wallace is kind of stealing a little bit because he started like three games at the end of the year last year, right? Yeah. I mean, right. to your point, it's a very veteran team. I'll put it to you like this. There is not a position on the Notre Dame defense, whether they're in their base defense or nickel defense, where the guy in the starting lineup has not started at least one game in his career. And there's only one guy that hasn't started multiple games in his career, and that's Jordan Patojo. Riley sure. Mills has been a full-time starter. Howard Cross has been a full-time starter. Javante um, Jean-Baptiste. Now, if Nana starts, he actually has a career start under his belt, but he'd be in yeah. the Patojo role. It was a, kind of off the bench and that kind of thing. Nana started, but he would I wouldn't call him necessarily a starter. Sure. But you're at worst nine guys that have started multiple games starting for you next year. And then yeah. you've got guys starting coming off the bench. And you think about that. I mean, whoever's if if Nana's in the game, that means you've you know you've Javante Jean Baptiste started before, not a ton. He'd be another guy like in that kind of category. But there, he's the same position as Nana. All your linebackers have played a ton. The secondary, Ramon Henderson started a bunch of games. Xavier Watts has started right. games. DJ Brown started a bunch of games. Antonio Carter started a bunch of games. Thomas Harper started a bunch of games. Right. Jaden Mickey has started games. Clarence Lewis started on a playoff team. And he's your right now. He was listed behind Christian Gray on the two deep in the first two deep, which says a lot about it. So, yeah, we, we focus on the freshman, Ryan. But to your point, this is a very veteran team. And I, I was talking to somebody, I think, on the message board about this. But there's a lot of people worried about the USC game because it is finals mid midterm week. Sure. And I said, you know, I was worried about that at first, too, until I remembered how many of the defensive players are graduates. I mean, think about this. When you look at the Notre Dame defense this year, uh, their starting defensive line, Jordan Patello is the only guy who's not a graduate. That's it. All of your linebackers have graduated, and the only secondary guy who's in the, ro- who's in the, ro- who's in the starting rotation that is not graduating is Benjamin Morrison. That's it. Xavier Watts has graduated. DJ has graduated. Ramon has graduated. Antonio Carter obviously has graduated. Thomas Harper's graduated. Um, uh, Cam Hart's graduated. Jack Kaiser, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Lufal have all graduated. Riley Mills has graduated. Howard Cross has graduated. Nana's graduated. Javante Jean-Baptiste has graduated. And Jordan Tell's going into a senior year, which means his workload's probably going to be a little lighter. The reason that matters is because the majority of your – and I'm more worried about the defense during midterm week than I am the offense because you're, you're, the defense has to adjust and change a little bit more week to week, in my opinion, than the offense does, the way that Al Gold runs his defense. Well, that just – I just pointed out, Ryan, nine of your 11 starters don't have midterms. Sure. So, I mean, that, that that's your that's your concern. So, it it, it just kind of – like, man, wow, this, this defense is really old. You know, like very veteran group. And it's not just it old is. grade wise, but all these guys have played a bunch of football experienced. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons I think this defense is going to be pretty good because they'll play even beyond their talent level to a degree, meaning like they'll be closer to max, not beyond. You can't play beyond. They will play to the maximum of their talent level more so than you'll get out of a younger guy, in that's my right. opinion. And what we saw last year as well. Spencer Schrader, sleeper pick kicker. There you go. There you go. You no, know, he started in South that. Florida, but like hasn't started a game. I'm, I'm game, hoping so. the answer on 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 uh, for that on special teams is like Devin Ford or Chris Tyree. One of the two returners makes big plays. I hope that we Let's see hope. that this year in the return game. Let's hope. 
Josh Buffo, the Motivation Business Banker, says if you could have one college football analyst from any company, ESPN, Fox, etc., to have an Irish breakdown for an interview, who would you choose and why? You guys are awesome, and I'll be back on the board soon. You know, that's that's a good one. I I would it'd be honestly, it's one of two guys from the same broadcast team. I would love to sit down and get Gus Johnson's story. Like that'd be like a really fun, like, you know, where did this all come to be? Like, what's your story? What's your background? What's your story? How did you get here? And like, when when did this, you know, like persona come to pass the way he is? And then, or you just find out like, that's just how the dude is, man. Like the dude's just intense. Uh, And and then also, honestly, from all the, the analysts, the only guy that I would really, really think about, and I guess when I'm thinking analysts, I'm kind of thinking guys doing the TV stuff. Uh, Joel Clatt, I, I, look, and I was, there was a top 10 quarterbacks list that was out, it was attributed to Joel Clatt. It was terrible. He said, it's not his list, which made me feel oh, so really? much better. Yeah. He said, that's he not said my that. list. Cause it was so bad. And I'm like, I normally, res- I, even yeah. when I disagree with Joel, I respect him. Like he has Notre Dame too low in his top 25. And I thought there was a little bit of uh, inconsistency, but it's like you're disagreeing with someone who's making a football argument and you can respect it, right. you know, but if you're to kind of go like in studio analysts, I mean, it's just really sad, Ryan, that I just don't know that there's a lot of those guys that I care to like some of the stuff I heard Dan Mullen say this off season. And, and I've always been a defender of Dan Mullen and I've told you how he helped my career. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. You're saying some silliness. Oh, Danny There's Boy. just not, I mean, who am I going to talk? Desmond Howard, Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreit, pass, pass, pass. You know, I mean, just. I guess I go Herbstreit if I had to pick one of those guys. But Aaron, You yeah. know who it might be? Aaron Taylor. Because I'd want to hear some old Joe Moore stories. That's what I would yeah. want to do. I'd want to hear some stories about that team. What was it like blocking Bryant Young in practice? What was Joe Moore like? What was Coach Holtz like? You know, that, that might be fun. I, I would like to bring Desmond Howard on and interview him, but mute his mic and not tell him that it's muted. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one of the greatest troll jobs. Ever. Time, right? But how would you know what he's saying to respond to him? That'd be the only thing. I've just shake my head like, and then just go on to the next question. Yeah. Next question. Gotcha. Exactly. No gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So what would happen is the people, the people that feed him stuff would be like, Hey dude, your mic, that guy's not hearing you. And then he'd start talking about you. And then you'd be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sure. Yeah. Make for the most entertaining show ever. All right. Oh, gosh. Let's go. Joshua board. I believe with Sam Hartman and improved receiver play that the passing game will be much improved. Are there going to be any new wrinkles in the running game? Yes, there will be. Yeah. We, we, we can't, Obviously, I can't get into specifics. I'll be able to point them out after we see them in games. Uh, but definitely a lot of different wrinkles in the run game this year. Formationally, but also just scheme-wise, Ryan, we saw a lot of different things in the run game this year. There's no doubt. Yep. And that'll be something that we'll break down as we, um, you know, we'll be able to break that down kind of once we get into breaking down the film on the message board. We'll get into more some if, more specifics about those type of things. If Coach Parker's listening, more – Running diverse is the way to my heart, sir. So make that I happen. think he's going to win your heart over, Ryan, I, I, in that I, regard. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm, I'm here for it. Seek and destroy. Which no, position group are you most excited to see on Saturday? Defensive I, I'm line. Gonna take, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take one. Line, I'm going to cheat, Ryan, and take one on each side of the ball. You already nailed one of them, D-line. No doubt about it. Offensive line for me. I, I, I'm not quite sold right now that this offensive line is going to be great. 
just because of some of the, you know, Zeke's banged up, but then the issue at left guard and Billy Shroud not, and then, you know, how good's Rocco going to be? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, but I, I don't know. When, and when I say I don't know, it's not me saying I think they're not going to be good. It's me literally saying, I don't know how good they're going to be. I sure. don't, literally don't know. Do I think Rocco can be a good player? Yes, I do. But you know how many times I've seen him play a meaningful, how many meaningful snaps I've seen him play at Notre Dame? Bingo. I mean, the two starting guards against Navy have played zero meaningful snaps in Notre Dame. Now, they may be great because you know how many meaningful snaps Quentin Nelson played uh, before the Texas game in 2015? Zero. You know what I mean? So, like, it doesn't mean that you won't be good. It just means I don't know. Uh, that's a, that's so funny it, that it was that recent that the redshirt rule was there where you couldn't play right. single snap or else you yeah. burned it. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like – if Shrouth was playing, Ryan, the reason I would be a little bit more optimistic is because I feel like the talent would at least win out. You'd have two really talented sure. guards. Yeah, we don't know about them, but they're really talented. But now it's kind of like, I don't know what the line's going to look like. So I'm hoping that it's good. Because I'll say this, Ryan, if Notre Dame goes out there against Navy and runs on them, that's going to be a great sign. Because they've got six of their seven front seven guys are back. Starting guys are back from last year. They got nine starters coming back on defense from one of the best defenses in, in college football last year. Run defenses. Run. I'm very clear. Sorry, I said defenses. I meant run defenses because their pass defense is horrible. But, like, if they just come out, like, run, throw all over Navy and win, blow out and run for 140 yards, I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, yeah. okay, I guess we're going to find out in a couple weeks against NC State. But if they come out and run for, like, a buck 80, buck 90 200 yards or, or even maybe if it's not a lot of yards ryan because navy's just loading the box but they're like ripping off big runs against them they go yeah. for a buck 50 buck 60 but they only carry it like 25 times I'm like okay yeah yeah these these guys are going to be really good so because this is not a team you just go out there and just run over they're just sure. because they're not going to make the mistake clemson did they're not going to play their base defense but you know, or excuse me they're not going to play a base defense because their base defense is not a base defense it's a very like you said it's right they're just gonna line up and hey here's here's who you have and you know play straight up and our guys are better than your guys they don't play that way because they know that they're not so if you can do well against that that'll be a very good sign very good sign and so that's a group like like if the receivers go out there and dominate navy okay Uh, i kind of expect that navy sucks we've seen two of these guys make plays already against navy Dion had a huge third and 15 conversion against him last year jane thomas ripped them up in the first half okay you know their defense isn't very good their past defense is very good but if the o-line goes out there and balls out then i'm going to feel really good about this team and if they don't ball out it doesn't mean that they're not going to be good it just means we don't know yet and that's um that's probably for me why the offensive line gets my answer good one yeah yep next question is from t smith zero three two three what has avery davis been up to i haven't heard anything about him was wondering what's going on with him did he just sign with an nfl team pretty recently uh yeah. lions i yeah. believe yeah 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 I believe pretty recently like right? two weeks ago maybe something like yeah. that yeah yeah i don't know how he's yeah. i don't know how he's doing with the lions i haven't heard anything about that but i can I mean, kind of look yeah. real quick and see if he's done anything in in the uh spring tree in spring training good lord i'm having one of those days ryan <laughs> preseason he's down clear water uh, man yeah. yeah i know right his pitchers and catchers have arrived <laughs> baby uh let's see what he's done he did not catch a pass in the most recent game 
So I don't believe he was returning kicks or anything. So I did see Brandon Joseph um, had an interception. interception. That was in the opener, right? It was, an, First it was game. a big play, too. It was a big yeah. play, yeah. One so I don't game. see Avery there. And then was the Jaguars there? For, yeah, the Jaguars was their second game. So let me see if he did anything then. Avery Davis, no catches against them either. So I, I don't know how much he's playing or if he's playing, but he is, I believe, still with the Lions. So Nate Sudfeld was... and Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, did you see Teddy Bridgewater? What number he's wearing? It's like 50, 40 something or 49 he's or something like 50. that. Number 50. 50. Number 50 yeah. what, what was the reason for that? I have no idea. Zero idea. There has to be that some sort of no. silly reason. Oh, there's there's got to be some type of symbol, symbolism, yeah. but I have no idea what it is. Tyler Ottinger says, in garbage time of games, do you balance getting the two's good reps and not running up the score disrespectfully? Uh, yeah, it's an easy balance. I mean, to me, this isn't hard. It, I, I don't think putting my twos in there and running my offense is running it up. Now, again, if I'm running four verts, okay, maybe. But, like, I'm letting them throw. I, I need to get my backup quarterback some experience. It's your job to stop them. What I'm not doing, Ryan, is running a reverse you know, running trick plays, you know, running a halfback throwback or something like that. But I'm running my offense. I think you have to do that. When you put the mid now, if you are throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, if you're up 38 to three and there's five minutes left and you put your starting offense back on the field to throw the ball, you're running up the score. And that's a bit disrespectful. It's your job to stop me. I understand that, but you're there's just no need for that. Put your backups in, then run your offense. I'm a believer in that. If you're going to leave your starters in, you know, just kind of get out of the game. Don't do things, run it up. But if you're going to put once keep running your offense, put your backups in. Let your backups run the offense. Now, I'm also a believer that if I need a series where I'm going to go out there and run my normal offense with my ones, but I put my number two quarterback in, I'm okay with that too, as long as it's not too late. Because again, I need to get my young quarterback, especially some some playing time. And Bobby Bowden yep. used to have a great uh, a great way of responding. He goes like, look, those kids practice hard too. Those kids deserve a chance to play. You're telling me go put them in the game and 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 not let them run the offense? How fair is that to them? And I think he was absolutely right. Uh, that's how I believe it should be done. You put your twos in the game, run the offense. Yeah, just all you really take out is like the, the trick plays and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm even okay taking a shot down the field. I mean, again, that's part of my offense. It's you know, I, I just, it's your job to stop them. It's your twos or your one's job to stop my twos. If you can't stop my twos, then I don't want to hear crap from you because get better, get your team better. That's all I want to hear from you at that point in time. Wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be nice if we actually get a game where we have to worry about that, by the way? Yeah, it would be great. I feel like too many of those like games that are supposed to be that, we're still talking about starters in the game late yeah. in the fourth quarter because it's UNLV be nice. and you didn't put them away like you were supposed to. But yeah, it'd be really Josh nice. Buffo, the motivational business banker. Who, in your opinion, was the best captain in your Notre Dame watching history? Not just best player as a captain, but a true captain leader. That's a good one. Oh, I mean, there's been – it's hard to just say one. Manti. I, it, man, I mean, although, yeah, some of the stuff that happened late in the year kind of – takes a little bit away from that to me but yes sure. he was brady quinn was a great leader like again my lifetime i love how he um i love josh is definitely a ib vet because he asks it yeah. watching history so he already set that premise but even in my watching history i don't really know what the leaders were like in 88 i was 10 you know um my lifetime brady quinn was a great leader 
I've heard that Brandon Hoyt was a really good leader on some of those teams that weren't that great. I, I you know, Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson were great leaders because they were Haynes tone setters. Mind as well. Robert Haynes, Robert that's Haynes a good one. Like reason. 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. Manti, I, like you said, Manti was a good one. You know, Drew Tranquil and Alohi Gilman were really good captains. I don't, although Alohi wasn't a captain in 18, I don't believe. Uh, you know, but in, in Drew was, and he was a, a really good leader. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey was a great leader from a talking standpoint. Like Mike McGlinchey could be a guy that I could see getting into politics. Just and not even I don't care what his views are. Just like someone hire him to be their spokesman because he just knows how to spin it. I mean, he just knows how to say all the things you're supposed to say at a press conference, right? I mean, uh, and I mean that in a complimentary fashion. Those are some guys that were good leaders, in my opinion. I'm trying to think of even who some of the captains were. I mean, there was one year Harris Smith was the team's only captain. In 2011, crazy. It was their only captain. Crazy. I think that kind of says a lot, you know, about about him. You know that, and there were some other guys that that that, um, you know, I, I don't I don't believe that the, that Theo Riddick was a captain in 2012. I don't believe, but I think the way he played and the way he went about his business provided sort of a an example. For how, just a, you know, he set the tone, the toughness, the grittiness of that team. Uh, you know who's a very underrated leader on that 2012 team? Capron Lewis Moore, very underrated was, part of that 2012 leadership he was, team. He, he was, was a captain on that team. team. Yeah. yeah, and he was a guy that would would kind of get guys going in, in the locker room and stuff like that. Like like Alohi wasn't a captain in 18, but you know dang well Alohi was a guy that was in the locker room talking and and leading and doing things like that. Because sometimes you're a leader whether you're a leader or not, or a captain or not, you're a leader. And Alohi was that guy, in my opinion. Thomas Zivikowski was a guy that I would have ran through a brick wall for, personally. He had that just fieriness to him. We had Chris P. Bacon says, Sam Howell is also only six foot one. Looked good in preseason. He and Hartman played against one another and worked out together. Wonder how they compare. I mean, physically, they're similar-ish. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so one, they're similar size guys. They're both right around six foot one. Sam's a little stockier than You're Hartman, Sam but Howell, like not correct. Like, Sam Howell is a little stockier yeah. than Sam Hartman, but not by like a crazy amount. I think Sam Hartman was like Sam Hartman's like between 210, 215. Sam Howell's like 220, 225. Sam Howell, to your point, like, Ryan, has a much sturdier lower body. I mean, you just look at him yeah, visibly as a sturdier lower body. Like Kenny Minchie. Kenny yeah. Minchie's two nine. He's only seven pounds bigger than Sam Hartman, but he looks a lot thicker because he's got that third, yeah. that sturdy lower half. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think Howell uses that lower half as a runner. I think he's a little bit more of an efficient runner than what Sam Hartman is. At least he runs more often than Sam. I also think that Sam Howell has a little bit stronger of an arm than Hartman, but it's not like one where it's like egregiously to a higher degree. I think Hartman, though, is a little bit more of a quicker processor than Sam Howell. Sam Howell plays a little bit more leader ball, but physically, I think they're similar-ish. Like, I think it's a decent comparison. Their body types are also pretty similar. You said Sam Howell plays more leader ball? Uh, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant like backyard ball type of guy. Okay, like gotcha. Sandlot gotcha. guys. Howell, yeah. Gotcha. He wants to, I wants think to just Sam play Howell the Sandlot, man. And, yeah. I would argue Sam Howell also has a little bit of a stronger arm as well. That's what I said. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I, I would. I was still mm-hmm. trying to figure out leader ball, what that meant. Um, but I think one thing too they have in common too, and they both like throwing the ball down the field. 
That's two yeah. of the most prolific downfield passers we've seen in recent years is Sam Howell and Sam Hartman. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's get to another one. You kept saying you were saying Ryan like Rush. when you when you have two courts, Sam Howell, Sam Hartman. That's a really I, I meant, like yeah. no no no. I'm saying like for me, like whenever I've had no. I've called Sam Howell, Sam Hartman how many times when I've been doing breakdowns, yeah. and I've called Sam Hartman Sam Howell how many times when I'm doing breakdowns before Sam Howell Hartman came to Notre Dame. Uh, I would always yeah. get those two guys just name wise confused. I'd call one guy the other. I mean, in my head, I knew exactly what I was talking about, but I would say the other yeah. guy's name. Very confusing. Yeah, I, I also meant to say hero ball instead of leader ball. That's where I was gotcha. going with that. But uh, another point. Yeah. yeah. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Ryan Rush. With a Monmouth sticker in there. What's up, man? Do you think scores will be lower this year now that the clock doesn't stop on first downs? It's possible. My my thing is how noticeable will it be? That's what I don't know. You know, and and for tempo teams, I don't know that it's going to matter a ton. Where I think it could create lower is like teams, if you want to play offense like Stanford did back under Harbaugh and early in the David Shaw tenure. I can see that keeping points down more, more NFL style of points per game, but s- still being really good and really efficient, you know, cause your defense is also keeping points down. Uh, maybe, maybe I, I so say, I don't, I don't really it's know awesome. how much is it one or two points per game per team? Like on average, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how much of a difference is that going to make? It's not going to make a team scoring 49 start scoring 35, right? Like, but maybe team scoring 49 scores 44, you know, I, you know, I, I really don't know. It's possible. If you're I efficient, mean, Ryan, sense. you're still going to score, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if you're an efficient team, you're still going to score. L- less stoppages, which means less plays, which means less scoring in theory. So that's right. – we'll see. Shall see. Yep. All right. Chris P. Bacon, is Riley Mills substantially better than last year? He's bigger than he was last year. He's more explosive than he was last year. Is that going to translate to being a better player? That I don't know. I, I'll say this: Just Riley Mills physically looks much better than he did a year ago, and we've talked about this. You don't see guys making that kind of fifth-year leap like he's made physically. 
but that doesn't always mean it's going to translate into what we see on Saturday. He's been pretty good in practices, but with a lot of these kids, it's like we now we need to see it. And somebody asked me, you know, can't believe Maris is starting. I'm like, well, if you've been at all the practices we've been at, you'd be like, yeah, Maris should start a linebacker. But that doesn't mean I'm ready to hype him up to where he's finally going to be the guy we thought. No, I need to see it. I hope he does. I need to see it. Same with Riley. I think Riley Mills is going to be a really good football player this year. I hope. I, I should say I hope he is going to be a really good football player this year. Is he going to be one? Am I, am I betting my mortgage on it? No. I need to see it. Will I be shocked if he is? No, I won't. But we just got to see it. Before you start talking about better, I need to see it on Saturday. Is he more impressive looking? Is he moving more impressively? Absolutely. He's a, Did you see the picture that Marcus Freeman put out the other day of Riley Mills wishing him happy birthday? Yep. Marcus Freeman is a six foot one, 200, like, you know, he, whatever pound former line starting linebacker at Ohio state and Riley Mills made him look really small. And, um, Marcus Freeman still works out. Right. I mean, so he's not a small dude. Athletes are getting bigger, man. A lot of these guys are starting to make Marcus Freeman look small and it's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) I still love the picture of him and, Oh, I was about to say him and next Owen yeah. Street Big is still the most hilarious picture of all time. Like it really is. Sophomore in high school. Like it really that. is. <laughs> we had John Monty who dropped the super chat. Thank you so much, John. Just worried about the injuries due to this game. You guys do a great job. Go Irish. I think it's always a concern, right? It's like, especially when yeah. you're playing an inferior opponent, like you don't want to have unnecessary injuries. Like that's just, yeah. But I mean, you can't. You don't. Yeah, I I think that the nature of this question is referring to the option. Notre Dame used to have a lot, but Ryan, they've changed yeah. the rules of as far as like cut blocking and open field. And so everything. yeah, you can't do some of the stuff that you used to do that would create some of those injuries, and that's why we haven't seen a lot of those injuries in recent seasons. The other part of it to me, to me also is do a better job of coaching those guys how to get off those type of blocks. Right? I mean, that's part of it too. Is if you can't hurt my knee if I'm if I don't ever let you get to it you know, because of the technique that I'm playing at. So I think you can't cut guys like from behind as much anymore, like behind them and getting in front of them. Like, you know, when, when yeah. I coached the triple option, which I hated by the way, for a million reasons, mm-hmm. no, we, we, we teach my, I teach my receivers how to cut. Uh, don't think you can really do that anymore. You can't really cut so the second, third level the way that you did back then. So that's part of it too, John. It's not quite the same rules as it used to be, but to Ryan's point, anytime you're playing an inferior opponent, the last thing you want to have happen. Not that you ever want a guy to get injured, but it's just like it even it just seems perception wise to sting more when it's a, yep. that kind of game, especially if it's like, yeah, let's just get one more series from our ones. And then, you know, yeah, that's why if I, if I get a big lead in these first two games, I'm putting young guys in like that. I'm just I am. I know that's bad, but I just I just am. It's very understandable. Yeah. Crispy bacon. Do you- do you think top recruited players making loads of NIL money but not producing on the field will lead to locker room issues this year? Which teams, if so? I mean, honestly, Chris, I could certainly see it. Pick any team that's playing big, paying big money to high school players. I mean, Tennessee, Bama, not Bama quite as much, but but Bama to a degree, Georgia, Miami, Florida, uh, USC, um, Oregon, certainly, certainly. Because it, it could happen in several ways. If a freshman comes in and plays, a veteran could look at it and say, well, he's only playing because they gave him X amount of dollars. That's the only reason he's right. playing. Then it's the, if right. a guy's not playing, he's complaining and whining about, you know, I'm not playing. And, you know, it's like, you know, he got all this money. He's not even playing. You gave him all this money. He's not even playing. I'm making nothing. 
and I'm the star. You know, you gave me 10 grand because I'm already here and you gave this kid who's never played it down $500,000. And then, you know, you, you, you know, but that also comes down to what's your team leadership like? Cause if you have good team leadership, they don't let that happen. Like, Hey, hold on a second. Now we're going to squash this right this second. Cause I don't give a crap what you made when you, you leave that outside. That's, that's what you do. You spend what, when you're here, we're all here. There's no, you know, this is what defines who, who, how you're going to be. But that's asking a lot of 20 and 21 and 20 year old leaders. These aren't nine year NFL vets that have been through the contract negotiations before. Right. I mean, this is a different animal, especially since a lot of these veterans came to that school before that was even a thing. That makes even a weirder dynamic. So, um, I mean, pick any school that's paying a lot of high school players to come, and that's where you can have those problems. And then, you know, we heard a little bit about, like, Tennessee last year. Some of the players on that team were mad because Joe Hendon Hooker was getting off. I mean, if you, that, but, again, that right there, when you're mad about your 6 year senior getting all the fame, that's a leadership problem. That's not an NIL problem. And your quarterback, yeah. quarterback too. Like, who who is the reason your team is good, right? Um, Big reason, And yeah. so that's a leadership problem more than anything else that starts at the top. And so, you know, if you're having that go on, you've got much bigger issues than NIL. Uh, that's just that's yeah. just the reality of it. I think it will be prevalent, though, to your question, Chris. Like, I do think that there's going to be several teams that probably have issues. What teams those are, I, I tend to think that it's more teams that are led by maybe l- less experienced coaches. I mean, like Josh Heupel still a relatively new coach, so, like, that makes sense. I don't, I don't anticipate that happening at, like, Alabama with David, for instance, too often, right? right? It like, won't happen again, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. think it'll happen again. Like we heard about it. We had Bama leaders talking about it last year, but yeah. it happened, and now Saban's aware of it, and now you start putting in answers and 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 you start dealing with it a little bit better, right? It's exactly. I don't like to your point, Ryan. I I agree with Ryan. It's not going to become a systemic problem at Alabama, I don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. But at other places, it I think it will be at A and M. It could definitely become that. Yep. No, and, and the other thing too is is well, what teams are going to lose a couple games early? Because that's when kids. That's when it really starts to become a problem. Once that negativity of the of this, because when you're winning, Ryan, you tend to overlook certain things, right? It's it's not a coincidence that 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 we heard about the stuff at Tennessee like after they dropped a game or two, right? Like if they'd have beat Georgia, would they have really been concerned about what? No, they'd be thinking, dude, we're trying to play for a national championship, right? I mean. That's the other thing too is when you drop a couple games, all of a sudden, you know that stuff starts festering. Well, you, you know mad, this mad happened because you're more worried about your NIL money than you are about winning football right. games. Right. Well, if your quarterback just dropped five touchdown passes and 450 yards, and you just beat the number three team in the country by 20 points, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, dude. We're going to just keep balling like that, right? I mean, it's just that's the nature of it too, you know. Yep. We had Andrew Porter says, why don't linebackers wear the big cowboy collar anymore? Like number 49, Derek Curry used to for Notre Dame. I, 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 I don't wear, know, right? I, I used to wear the I used to wear the butterfly extender. I used to wear one of those guys. Yeah. Well, I, I think number one, the way the the way that tackling is taught now, you don't see as much of that as much yeah. anymore. I mean, that's that's kind of against the rules a little bit. I would imagine, Ryan, the way that they're designing helmets and shoulder pads now. You, you know, in the way that combined with the way you're teaching tackling, maybe there's just not as much of that head snapping back with so much room to work as before. I'm not really sure I, why that is. I, I've never worn maybe, one, so I can't. I would say also like it's a little more restricting as far as like your movements to a degree, right? So like in the space game of today, I probably want to be a little bit lighter and not That's as like 
built up, it, you know, like it's not that box playing, was, game it used to be. Exactly. Yeah. I, was, I was about to say I was playing tackle to tackle, right? So like I didn't care if my neck couldn't move a ton side to side, you know what I mean? Because it's like I'm just navigating the track. <laughs> like, right. That's it, man. Right. But if but if I have to flip them. my hips and open up and have to turn to cover hook curl consistently or work to the sideline, like that's right. It's a little bit of a different conversation at that point. Yeah. That's right. Last one, Ryan. Here we go. Archer mailbag with all the graduate seniors on defense. How much turnover will that side of the ball see in 2024? Nine or 10 new starters next year? That I don't know. I mean, the only guy that's the only guys that were in. So of the starters listed on Notre Dame's starting lineup, the only guys not eligible to come back next year are Javante Jean-Baptiste and DJ Brown. That's it. Cam Hart could come back for a sixth year because of the COVID stuff. I don't anticipate him doing it. I, I think they'll at least lose one starter at safety. They'll lose one starter corner. I do expect Cam to come back. Oh, and I don't think Thomas Brown has a sixth year either. Thomas but he wasn't listed. Thomas Harper. He doesn't have a starting. He doesn't have, He's not listed as a starter, even though I think he will be. And then Javante. I mean, all the linebackers could come back. I don't anticipate them all coming back. Um, you know, so you could end up seeing – Worst case scenario for next year is you lose three starters along the defensive line. You lose two of your three starting linebackers and you lose two starters from your secondary. The position hurts you the least is safety because yeah, yeah if, if all the guys that are fifth and sixth years go, go now Xavier Watts could go, but see, he's not a graduate senior. He is a senior who has graduated. There's a difference, right. meaning he's a four-year guy. Right. He grad he he graduated early. He's in his senior year. He graduated early because he was an early enrollee. A lot of the other Jack Kaiser's a fifth year. JD's a fifth year. Nana's a fifth year. Uh, but like Riley Mills and, and Xavier Watts are early graduates. They're both true seniors that graduated early. They're both eligible to come back next season. I don't know that they will. The reality is, Ryan, is if they lose nine or ten starters on the defense for next year it means this season went really well on defense and Riley had a big year, but had a big year. I mean, but the other thing too is is this is why Marcus Freeman has been talking about, we're going to play a lot of guys on defense because yeah, let's just say Drake Bowen gets a 200 snaps this year on special teams and as a rotation linebacker. Yeah. He's going to be a new starter next year at Texas A&M, but that kid's going to have played some football, right? I mean, that that's, you know, Jalen C going to play a bunch, you know, Jaden Mickey's going to play a bunch. So, yeah, he may step in the lineup for Cam Hart next year. But when that happens, it's not like a new guy. Jaden A has started a game before. He started again. He started two games actually now, right? Because he started the bowl game and the USC game. I believe he started the bowl game. I know he started against USC. And then he'll have been a guy that played a ton of football this year. So, I think that's a big thing for Marcus Freeman this year. Is like, that's why I want to play. So, let's say they lose Riley Mills and let's say they lose – uh, Howard Cross, and they lose Jordan Toho because they have big years. Well, guess what? Jason Onye and, and Gabriel Ruby are going to have a lot of football under their belts. The Vipers behind Toho will have a lot of football under their belts. And that's why co- another reason why Coach Freeman wants to make sure guys are playing, not just – and he mentioned this to me. It's not just about – it's partly about this year, but it's also about building for the future. You know, so that next year when you go to Texas A&M, you're not playing nine starters who have hardly played any meaningful downs. Right. You don't want to be like you are at guard. Like part of the thing that hurt Notre Dame last year, their guard this year, is the fact that they just did not beat people the way they were supposed to last year, which means your backup guards got no playing time. 
because you only had two games all year that you really put a team away, in my opinion. You hopefully that changes this year. And you know, maybe Charles Jagasaw doesn't ever play meaningful downs, but if he plays like 15 snaps in four different games because you blew teams out, guess what? That kid got some experience. So if he does start next year, he's he's in a different situation. So that's kind of where you really ultimately where you want to be, Ryan, is yeah, you've got a bunch of new starters, but these are guys that have played a lot of football because then they're basically like starters. I mean, if a guy's rotating in, I mean, there's going to be times when Gabriel Rubio's working in with Howard Cross or Jason Onye's on the field with Riley Mills. Right. And so once the game starts, I mean, yeah, you've got your starters or whatever, but if you're playing 20 snaps a game as a rotation guy, you may not be a starter, but you are from an experience and from a mindset standpoint. You've got the same responsibility the starter has in today's game. So it's just a little bit like it back in the day, Ryan, when you and I were coming up, if you started, like that's what made like you, you like to reference the program thing, right? Like why was that so meaningful back then? Cause that's the only way you played. You were playing. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Like, you know, if you weren't a starter, you didn't really play that much. I mean, you have backup defensive linemen get a few snaps, but linebackers didn't used to come off the field. DBs didn't come off the field, you know, and, and now it's, it's just a little bit different than that. Yeah. So it's more so about, okay, I, we don't have a lot of starts coming back, but how many snaps, and what kind of production is coming back. But, yeah, there could be right. a case that Notre Dame could end up having a lot of, um, you know, a lot of guys that, that that aren't starting but have played a lot of a lot of football. A luck, lot of football. Luck, luckily, Notre Dame's defensive recruiting was especially good yeah. recently in 2023. Well, like, oh, no, Drake Bowen has to play more. and Christian Gray has to play yeah. more. And, oh, man. I mean, oh, so, man. so let's take linebacker for an example, Ryan. Like, yeah. next year, let's say all three go pro. For whatever reason, some maybe uh, I, ta- I, I talked about this on the the Monday show. I was like, man, could you imagine if it's sophomores Drake Bowen, Jay Nosbury, and then Jalen Sneed as a junior starter? Nolan <laughs> like, Ziegler, okay. if, you know, Nolan will be back by then. Then you've got yeah. Kingston, and I mean, yeah. you're gonna be all right uh, if you lose Cam Hart and Thomas Harper. You still got Christian, like you mentioned, Benjamin Morrison, Christian Gray, Jaden Mickey, Jayden Chance Mickey. Talker. Yeah. You know, Micah Bell will have two years. Leonard Moore is gonna be on campus. I mean, you, yeah. like that's why. It's so, like you said, the job that Marcus Freeman has done recruiting. Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, you lose your two big ends, but then Tyson Ford, the light goes on for Tyson Ford this offseason. Guess what? You got a more talented kid in the starting lineup next year than you did this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, the way you look at it is it's, it's, you've got some really talented younger players. And it it started with the 22 class when Marcus Freeman showed up, you know, and that's why I'm so bummed about Aiden Gobira going down because he was really starting to flash in practice, man. He was yeah. like, okay, that's the dude that I thought could be a really good player. And then you see him get hurt, and you're like, man, that sucks, right? It doesn't affect him this year, the team this year, but it could maybe next year. But, yeah. uh, you know, let's say they, oh, well, I guess we got to move Junior to Alamaca over to field end, you know, and like, you know, with Brendan Vernon and Bubakar Traore, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Like, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're okay. Uh, and that's why it's so important to keep loading up and you know, you're going to get Cole Mullins and you know, maybe Logan Thomas and Bryce young and, and Sean Civiliano. And I mean, you're just, you just keep reloading dude. And that's, that's where Notre Dame is starting to be on defense. And that's an exciting yeah. thing, you know, now offense has got to have another year like that. Cause the offensive class in 22 wasn't as good, uh, at least not at all positions. I mean, you were pretty darn good at running back you know, pretty darn good at tight end and, and your offensive line was, you know, has a chance to be pretty darn good, you know, with some guys there, but you came up short on numbers at receiver and quarterback wasn't, you know, uh, Steve, I hope Steve proves me wrong, but you know, just, 
he was a solid quarterback, but but not a great quarterback. Uh, yeah. But 23 is loaded. 24 is loaded. You know, so let's say Jaden Thomas has a big year and goes pro. Oh, hey, Braylon James, you ready to help? Sure. <laughs> hey, welcome Cam to the Williams. team, Cam Williams. <laughs> exactly. right. Right. <laughs> hey, yeah. Micah Gilbert, you look like a veteran. You know, you're yes. the most muscular receiver you're going to have next year. You know, and that's just kind of where you want to be, man. I mean, that's where you want your program to be. And, you know, you lose both of your starting tackles. Hey, Tosh Baker, Emil Wagner, Charles Jagasaw, Sullivan Absher, you guys ready to go? Gearby Lambert, yep. you guys ready to go? Um, and that's why recruiting is so important. I mean, think about how many – Georgia lost 15 dudes from their ch- first championship team. 15 dudes. Yep. And then went on well, the next, the next year, year. Did something that <laughs> team, the team before, never did. I mean, I, I still think the 21 team was the way more talented team, just top to bottom, in my opinion. And but guess what the twenty two team did that the twenty one team didn't do, went undefeated. Exactly, and so it's just a a different animal, man. So anyway, Ryan, that's gonna that's gonna do it for today's show, man. You want to you want to take us out of here? Good. That's like oh, I want to just take us read this and then take us out of here, Ryan. Yep, we had a comment from Jimmy James that says thanks for getting us through the off season. Looking forward to a great season and many great shows. Go Irish. And off to the airport. I'm very jealous that he's going to the game, by the way, Jimmy. But thank you so much for the shout out. We appreciate everyone. The offseason is about nearly over, but we have the rest of the week to get you all prepared for Saturday when Notre Dame kicks off 2.30 Eastern time against the Navy midshipmen. So before you leave the Irish Breakdown podcast today, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, and hit that notification bell. We'll be here at 1 o'clock the rest of the week, as well as Ivy Nation Sports Talk at night. So make sure that you check in there. That notification bell will also alert you when we are live for our post-game show on Saturday. So sign boards at, at boards.irishbreakdown.com as well for any latest recruiting and team intel as we move closer and closer, only a few days away from the season officially kicking off. So and we got a, that's we got a couple Driscoll. got a couple things coming for him, Ryan, on the podcast. We We're gonna have something coming up here soon with Ryan that's gonna be a little bit different. That's not gonna be a live show, but a recorded show. And then we have something we, we're, we're trying to work on special for Navy. So another reason, Ryan, why you need to have those notifications on, because you'll get those when we when we go live with those as well. And you'll also get them on the uh, podcast app. So just make sure you're also subscribing to our Irish Breakdown and CFB Nation podcast platforms. Yep. Five-star reviews are also very much appreciated on those podcast platforms. So that's Brian Driscoll. I'm Ryan Roberts. We thank you all again so much for joining us today on this Notre Dame versus Navy preview on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com